Welcome back to Conspiracy Club. I'm Tom. And I'm Emir. And uh, it's been a week since we had an episode, or I guess two weeks since we had an episode. We're back, though. It has it? Yeah, well, we didn't do anything last week. Yeah. And so now we're back. Oh, yeah, okay. All right. Um, And we're going to be bringing you a sort of non-traditional episode because it'll be, admittedly, it'll it's because it'll be easier um, because we just moved back into college. There's a lot going on right now. Yeah, you'll have, hopefully this is the last one where it's like this. Well, this is something I am interested in doing if it goes well, but the next few episodes after this will ideally be uh, more like jet regular stuff that we do. Yeah, the more, uh, you know, regular, uh, angry, well, not angry, geez, regular things, you know, the same old usual things we do, like we're talking about the monster of the crypt or a crypt, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Crypt. But this week we're going to do something. We're going to go over a creepypasta, a horror short story. And then I'm going to read the whole thing through. And then at the end, Amir and I are going to discuss it. Um, and so this week we're talking about uh, the goat man story. Oh, and also luckily, since we're talking about creepypasta, we're going to be making a pasta, folks. So welcome to Cooking with Conspiracy Club. Yes, welcome. Uh, and if you subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review, we will send you some at some point. Yeah, at some point in this decade. Or yeah, it it let's it's it's not it's uh, non expiring. Yeah, it'll happen. All right, so the first story is the Goatman story, which is a pretty famous creepypasta, one of the one of the oldies but goodies. And so, uh, if you are ready, I'll, I'll get right into it. Let's let's do it. And so, I will give you guys the warning. Not that I think it matters at all, but this story does have some profanity, which is, I mean, not unusual for Conspiracy Club. And also, it starts out with green text, which is 4chan stuff, but that only goes for like 15 lines or so, and then he stops, and then he switches back into normal writing. What's green text? Uh, so basically, it's just like, you'll see, it's basically it's like short phrases um, that are written differently than you would write like a normal story. Okay. Um, but uh, that's, like I said, it only goes for a little bit, and then the majority of the story is... Uh, just normal writing so are you ready then yeah let's do it all right so this is the goat man story so be 16 be black and have family down in alabama they farm and own a huge amount of land down in huntsville uncle owns a big house and a bunch of trailers they put out in the woods for hunting or camping down south cousins suggest that we could go out there to camp no, I'm a city kid from Chicago, so they tease the fuck out of me. Collect food, kill a pig and some chickens, and bring necessities to camp out for a few days. We get to the camp, and it's obvious something is weird. Air has this weird electric smell, like right before a storm, like ozone. We think nothing of it and unpack and go down to a little creek to swim for a few hours. All of a sudden, some older white guy and white teenager come out of the bushes. He has a shotgun in the crook of his arm and says, Hello and asks us what we're doing this far back in the woods. Tell him about my uncle, who he knows, and say we're camping out. He tells us we need to be real careful out here, and stick together. There was a big animal in the woods. 
His son, who is my age, asks if he can stay and hang out with us. We say okay. I'm going to stop green texting because the story is fairly long and the format is hard to write in. So we end up playing football. Dicking around with me, there's the white kid, Tanner, five of my cousins, and then four of their friends. In total, there were five girls and six boys. We all are around 15 to 17. We ended up just dicking the day away. So we head back to the camp and pulling out some stuff for a campfire, even though the trailers both had kitchenettes. Tanner says that his family's property sits up against my uncle's. He wants to run home and ask his dad if he can come out camping with us. My cousin Rooster says he's going to go with him since it's going to get dark soon. One of the girls also wants to tag along. It's about 7 o'clock and it's starting to get pretty dark. They take flashlights and take the trail toward Tan's property. The rest of us chill. We make s'mores, drink, and kiss on the girls. About 30 or 40 minutes later, there's the smell of ozone again. You could smell it over the smell of the fire we had started. This really nasty coppery smell like right after you've had a nosebleed and it stopped. It wasn't exactly like dried blood, but it was that nasty metallic back of your throat smell. We immediately think that it's some kind of electrical malfunction, or someone left a hot plate on or some shit. We search the trailers and nothing is on, but we can all smell it. All of a sudden, we can hear people booking down the path toward us, and Rooster, Tan, and the girl all come running into the clearing, out of breath. And they don't even break stride. They all run into the trailer, right by where the fire is. We all get the fuck out of there and into the trailers. They end up calming down, even Rooster, who is crying his fucking eyes out at this point. All the while, the fire is guttering lower and lower. So my other cousins say fuck it, and are about to go outside to get the generator out of a shed between the trailers. Tanner goes, fuck no, lock the front door, ain't nobody else going outside. He's been crying too, and his eyes are bloodshot and puffy, and his pants are dirty as shit. He goes on to tell us that they went up to his house. His father said sure, he'd go out camping, but to make sure they were careful on the way back, and that maybe they should take one of the hunting rifles just in case. Evidently, Tanner had seen something in their yard a few days before. One of their pigs had come up, ripped up and half-eaten. They assumed it was just some big cats or coyotes, even though they don't usually fuck with live animals. He had gone upstairs and packed his stuff, and told his dad they would be okay without the rifle because coyotes avoid people. So they started walking back toward where they were camping. So Rooster finally stopped crying and shaking. The girl already had but she was just staring out the window with a dumb look on her face. He says they had gotten halfway into the woods toward the camp when they started to hear shit in the forest. It was almost pitch black by this time, so they weren't sure at first what the fuck it was. The girl says that she heard something in the bushes right off the trail, and they all beamed their flashlights over there, and there was someone standing back in the woods in a little hollow. Rooster said that they shouted at him and told him that he was scaring the fuck out of them and what a dick he was. He says that's when he realized that the guy was facing away from them. So they keep walking, and they start smelling that nasty, coppery ozone smell. They said that they look off into the forest on the opposite side of the path, and there's a dude standing in the forest, backward, slightly closer to the path. So now they start power walking, and Tan keeps going, I should have taken the fucking rifle. As they're telling the story, the smell is still super strong, even inside the cabin. 
They say that after they started walking faster, a kind of low gibbering has started coming from both sides of the wood. And as they started booking it back to the trailer, the girl said that she had flashed her flash out into the woods to the side of them and had seen something jerking itself through the woods. The gibbering just got louder and louder. And when they could see the light from our campfire, something had come out of the woods about 40 yards behind them onto the track. And they just flat out ran as fast as they could back to the trailer. So we're out in the fucking woods, and we're assuming at this point, it's some rednecks or some shit trying to fuck with us. All of a sudden, my other cousin, Junior, starts going on about how he went to school with a native kid that was telling him about the goat man or some shit. We probably tell him to shut the fuck up because we don't need any spooky talk right now. But he just keeps going on and on about how it's the fucking goat man, and how we're in his woods and blah blah blah. Now at this time, I'd never heard of this goat man or any of that. But then a couple years ago, the year before I graduated from college, I had a menom for a roommate. And I ended up asking him about it. And to sum it up, it's basically a fucking man with the head of a goat and he can shapeshift and he gets among groups of people to terrorize them. It's also supposed to kind of like the Wendigo and it's bad mojo to even talk about it and even worse if you see it. Keep in mind, I didn't even know this back when I was 16. So my cousin is going, the goat man's going to get in and fucking get us. The girls are all terrified and my cousins and I are all fucking trying to figure out if it's just some hillbillies or if it's some animal. So all of a sudden the smell just goes away. Like to this day, I haven't experienced anything like it. Like usually smell fades away or lessens. It literally was just there one second and then not the next. So it's after an hour, making around nine or 10. We stopped shitting bricks enough to go back outside and stoke the fire again. We figure it was just some assholes trying to fuck with us so we don't go back home. Because we think if we do, they'll chase us through the woods or some crazy shit. Nothing else weird happens that night and we stay another night. And for the main part of the night, nothing happens. At about one in the morning, we're outside getting drunk and telling ghost stories. As someone is finishing some too spooky story, I don't remember what about, the smell comes back. It's so fucking strong that one of the girls literally starts vomiting. I stand up and you can actually feel how clammy the air is. I say we should get inside and this isn't right. We should have just fucking left. We all go back inside and we're standing around. My cousin just keeps going on about how it's the goat man. My cousin Rooster tries to shut him the fuck up. And all the while I'm just feeling that something is wrong. I can't figure out what the fuck it is. We end up sitting in there for a while. The smell is just as strong and we're terrified and all huddled in this camper. We end up cooking brats for everybody because nobody wants to go outside. It's one of those packs with four brats. We have a total of three packs. I grill them up on the stove and give everybody a hot dog. I get mine. After a while, one of my cousins gets up and goes over to the pot to get another one. He starts grumbling about how I get two brats and everybody else just gets one. And I look at him like he's fucking stupid. I tell him that everybody only got one because there were only 12 brats. If he wants more, he should open up a new pack and cook some more. That's when the girl that had been out with Rooster and Tan starts screaming, Oh Jesus, oh Lord, get it out. She's crying and shivering, and then it dawns on the cousin standing up what the fuck is wrong. Me and him both glance around the room, and then I feel my heart fucking sink. I run the fuck out of the cabin, and the girl runs out with us. The trailer door is banging against the side of the trailer, and everybody books out of the cabin. One of my cousin's friends asks us what the fuck is wrong. I start counting us. There's only 11 now. I shit you not, my cousin verified. There had been 12 people in the cabin. 
but being that everybody didn't really know each other that well, nobody had really noticed the whole fucking time that there was an extra person. And then I realized earlier that I kind of noticed something was off. You know how when you're just dicking around and having a good time, that you don't sweat the smallest shit, and you don't always keep track of certain stuff? I'm dead sure that someone else had been in the trailer with us, and that they had been there for at least a fucking day, eating with us. What makes it worse is, I couldn't figure out which one, because I don't think anyone ever actually interacted with the other person, or the goat man. The girl kept praying to Jesus, and we're all sitting outside. Eventually, we get big-ass sticks and go back in the cabin. But there's nobody in there. We count again, and there's 11 people. We go back into the trailer and lock the door. We explain what the fuck happened, and the girl says that she realized too. And that when he was about to say something, the person sitting next to her had grabbed her leg and leaned over toward her and said something she couldn't understand. So we were pretty much scared as fuck as we huddled together, and I fall asleep. When I wake up, the sun is just coming up and half the people are asleep, and the other half are packing our shit up. We all want to walk back home, but like four people want to stay until the sun is all the way up. And some people think that we're just fucking around and still want to stay at the trailers. I just want to get the fuck out of the woods. The girl's name was Kira, the one that the goat man had touched. Anyway, I asked her if she really thinks it was something bad, and she says she just wants to go home and she doesn't want to be out in the woods alone for another night. So we decide to split up. The four that want to go can go, but I have to stay because I have the keys to the cabin and it's my uncle's and I have to lock up. I'm super pissed at this point because I feel like people aren't taking this shit seriously and I definitely didn't want to be out in the woods for another night. I spend the rest of the day trying to convince the rest of the people, now four girls and four guys, to get the fuck out of Dodge. Tanner leads with them to go get a rifle and says that he's going to be back. So there are just seven of us left by 4pm. At around 5pm, he hasn't made it back yet and we're getting extremely fucking antsy. The only reason I stopped begging them to go back was because he went to go get a gun. It's about 5.30pm or so, when the one cousin that did stay says that the girl Kira is outside. We all look outside and sure enough, she's standing by the fire pit with her back to the cabin. I'm thinking to myself, if she was so fucking scared, why the hell did she come back? And then I get this nasty feeling in my gut. Keep in mind, the whole time the coppery smell has been gone. Now I realize I could smell just a twinge of it. I say this to the rest of them and everybody, and these are the people that wanted to stay in the fucking woods after we had the goddamn goat man in our midst, is laughing at me and asking if I set this up to scare them. I'm looking at them like, I'm not fucking bullshitting you at all right now. I asked them why the fuck I would play like that. So one of the girls goes outside to get Kira. She gets halfway to her and stops cold. Kira starts heaving. I don't know how the fuck to describe it. Sort of like if someone with their back turned was laughing without actually making any sound. It was this fact that made me realize there was not a fucking sound in the whole woods. It was dead silent. This was like later in September, so it was still fairly hot at the time. But it was super chilly some days too. And you could usually hear big ass geese honking or some kind of birds or squirrels chit chatting. She stands there for another 20 minutes or so. The guy turns to say that she's still there. And then there's a huge fucking bang on the door. We all jump the fuck up and scramble around the living room of the trailer. The banging is super fucking loud. So now my cousin is holding one of the girls and the other two are kind of giggling with nervous laughter. And me and the other two guys are shitting bricks. Then we hear Tan. He's screaming. Let me the fuck in. Stop fucking playing. So we go over to the door and open it. And he stumbles in with a rifle. 
there's nobody else outside. Evidently, he had walked up to the campsite. Nothing weird happened in the forest, but he had seen a girl. Mind you, he said it was not Kira standing there. When he had gotten to the edge of the clearing, she had turned toward him with a slack-jawed look and just stared him down, slowly tracking him as he walked around the outside of the clearing towards the camp. He said it wasn't until he was almost halfway to the trailer that he had realized that she was getting closer to him. She had started off by the fire, and without him even seeing her move, she had been turning, inching closer. He said he just ran the rest of the way back to the cabin, thinking it would open. And when he got to the door and it was locked, he turned and it was about half the distance to the door. He looks around the room and then gets super pale. He pulls me to the side and whispers in my ear, You know there are only seven of us in here, right? I get that feeling where your stomach drops to your nuts. It had been back inside the trailer while we were sorting out who was going where. And then when we all went outside to talk earlier in the day, it had just slipped right back in. We looked out the window and there was nobody out there. So we recount everyone. And then basically I go over and ask everyone how many people were here earlier. And everybody says eight. I say, well, how many are there now? They all do the count and then realize there are only seven people in the cabin. So Tan had brought back a couple boxes of ammo and his rifle. And he had told his dad that there was some kind of animal in the forest because he didn't think his dad would believe him if he said it was the goat man. He says that his cousin is supposed to be coming down in a few hours. And in the morning, we can all go back to his place and his cousin will drive us home. Now I'm really fucking terrified. But I at least feel better because we can be American and shoot the fuck out of whatever it is if it comes back. But then my cousin gets into this huge argument with one of the girls because she thinks that I'm trying to be funny and prank them. And that she's getting really scared and that I'm not funny. He keeps telling her I'm not that kind of person and she says, Well how do we know that the girl wasn't just Tanner in a wig? But if it's really the goat man, how do we know that this is the real Tanner and that goat man just didn't kill Tanner in the woods and take his gun? So we fucking get into a huge argument about this where me and Tan are like, we could seriously be in danger. Because at the very least, someone has been sneaking themselves into our fucking trailer without us knowing and mingling with us. And at worst, something bad is in the forest fucking with us. One of the girls is crying and saying she wants to go right now. We're trying to tell her we shouldn't because none of us are walking through the woods in the middle of the night. At this point, the sun is starting to go down and it's getting a little cloudy out. We eat something and turn on the radio for a while, but we really can't get a station out there with anything decent, so we turn it off at about the time that Tan's cousin shows up. He was like 19, I think. At this point, the sun is just barely over the horizon, and he has one of those heavy-duty lantern flashlights and another rifle. He walks up to the trailer and we whisper to Tan, asking if he's sure that that's his cousin, and he says yes. The guy looks behind him and all around the camp, then walks in. He kind of glances at all of us and looks a little confused. He says, Where's your other little buddy at? I figured she would meet me up at the cabin. Is she a little slow or something? He also asked whether we had been cooking blood in the cabin, because it smelled like blood and hot pans all the way up the trail. We are all like, fucking nope. But we ask him what the fuck he's talking about with the girl he saw. He had come down the same trail Tan had been using and had come up on one of Yu's guys' buddies standing in the middle of the trail, looking at him slack-jawed. He had asked her a bunch of questions. All she did was look at him. Then she smiled at him, and he said he kept walking. She couldn't seem to keep up with him and kept lagging a little bit behind. 
He said he asked her if she was hurt or something, and if she needed any help, but she had continued to stare. Eventually, he had been walking and turned around at a bend in the trail, but when he turned around and went back to see if she was okay, the trail was empty. He'd assumed she had taken some shortcut through the woods to our trailer. We tell him the whole story of what's been going on. I half expect him to say we're all full of shit, but he just listened and then sat down on the couches in the living room. Tanner's cousin gets back to the girl. He says when she had kept trying to lag behind him, it had kind of weirded him the fuck out. So he tried to keep her in front of him, but no matter how slow he walked, she was always lagging a little bit behind. And that he smelled this nasty smell, and it got stronger as he got to the camp. Eventually it got really strong. She had said something really low that he didn't catch. And when he had turned around, she had been right the fuck up on him. And he stepped back from her. It was at this point he asked her if she was okay. And if she wanted him to carry her back the rest of the way. And she just kept staring. He said he reached out for her, as in to grab her on the shoulder. But he must have misjudged the distance because she was off to the side of where he had put his hand. Like she had moved while he was looking dead at her. So at this point, we know this shit's real. Unless Tan is playing a joke, which we can tell he's not because he's almost pissing his pants. So they load up their rifles, we eat some more, we just kind of sit around until about 11. To this fucking day, every time I think about this, I really pray to God that it's some huge prank that my cousins played on me and just never revealed so I would shit for the rest of my life. At around 11, the stink of copper turns into an actual nasty gross blood-like smell like cooking blood and singed hair. Tan and his cousin Reese get the fuck up instantly and grab their rifles. There's like a half knocking, half clawing at the door and I shit you not, there's this voice. And it sounds like when you see those YouTube cats and dogs whose owners teach them how to talk. It says in this whole thing, weird toned voice. Let me the fuck in. Stop fucking playing. It made my fucking nuts creep up inside my body. And one of the girls just starts crying and calling on Jesus. It was so fucking obviously not a person talking. It didn't have the right cadence. And that's some shit that I never realized until that moment. But all people have a certain cadence when they talk. No matter what language, all people have a certain kind of rhythm to talking. This shit didn't have any kind of cadence or rhythm. One of those YouTube cats. That's what the fuck it sounded like outside the door. So now I'm in full on terror mode. We keep yelling outside, Who is it? Stop fucking around, man. And it just keeps saying, In, or Let me the fuck in. For almost 15 minutes. It sounded like this almost, just not funny. Sorry for being on a tangent, but if you can't imagine how this shit sounded, then you can't imagine how fucked up the whole situation was. So then the smell goes away for a while, and for the next hour or so, you can hear someone basically creeping around in the woods and shit. Every couple minutes, it'll come back to the door and say something. Finally, when the smell fades away, it's around 2 in the morning right now. Reese says, and fuck this, he fires a shot into the air and says something to the effect of, 
in the name of Jesus Christ, go away. He fires two more times, and then from the woods right up against the river across from the trailer. It sounds like something is slowly gibbering and hooting. Then it starts screaming. Like I seriously have never heard any shit like that, and you can hear the brush over that way start to shake. Reese fires over into the tree line and then starts backing into the house. We lock the door, and we can hear the shit keening and screaming. Reese says something had come out of the bushes, super low to the ground, and crawling toward the cabin. He had shot at it. Pretty much that was how the rest of the night went. It was literally screaming constantly for the next two hours, and we could hear the shit moving out in the tree line. But it never came back to the cabin until everyone had finally fallen asleep. Tan had been sitting in the chair watching the door with his rifle. Nobody else heard or saw this, and he told me two days later after the whole thing was over. He said he'd been nodding off after the screaming and noises finally stopped, and he had been almost asleep when he saw someone come out of the bathroom and then lay down in the middle of the floor and go to sleep. He just assumed it was one of us, and he had nodded off. Then he said he had kind of realized something was wrong, and while pretending to be sleeping, he counted us. There were nine people in the cabin. He basically didn't want to try to shoot at the fucking thing in the cabin and have it kill us all then and there, or have Reese wake up and start shooting and then we kill ourselves. So he just stayed awake all night, pretending to be asleep. He said sometimes he would stand up and kind of do this weird jittery thing, or heave like it was laughing, but then it would just lay back down. The story closes pretty weak, because from my perspective nothing happened. We woke up and I noticed that Tan was a little jittery, and that he was avoiding looking at all of us. We ate some breakfast, packed up, and started walking to his house. He stayed last in the cabin and said he'd lock up and bring me my uncle's keys. To just start walking and he'd catch up, which I didn't really want to fucking do. We got a little bit off the path, and when he came running up, basically we just jogged back to his house. His cousin took us home. There was a window in the bathroom. Tan had gone back to lock up and looked in there. We were too stupid to lock a screenless window. The window was fucking up when he went in there. I'm guessing he had been doing that all along, waiting for us to fall asleep or slip up, and then getting in among us. It walked with us all the goddamn way back to his house, and then he said it lagged to the back of the group, looked him dead in the eyes before walking into the woods. And that's the end. That's the goat, man. Yeah, that is the goat, the goat mo- motherfucker. What do you think? What are your thoughts? That's- Hit me with them. Um, it was a lot. There was a lot of sexual tension in there. <laughs> Between the goat man and everybody else? Yeah, I found myself kind of laughing at several points. Well, I feel like part of that is because the way this was written. Yes. Is very um colloquial to probably where he is. Yes. And then he didn't phrase things accurately or, or phrase things well at times. And even times I that I'm going to cut out of this. He just had stuff that was uh, not correctly written, like grammatically. And so I had to stumble over it and then realize, oh, that's just wrong. And it's just, I don't know. But I really like this story. It's always interesting because like stories like this, well, creepypastas as a whole, like as a whole thing is interesting to me because of like how much like people spread them. Yeah. You know, like, 
and it's just like it's just a short story that has no factual anything but some people spread some of these like gospel and some of them become movies and video games there's never been a goat man movie but there should be there was a uh, what's his face slender Splendor- slender man I, I don't think he was story first i think he was the game first but maybe i'm wrong i thought it was a story first and then the game look it up Look it up right now. Yeah, look it up. Look it up. Look it up. Look it up, look it up real quick. Or send that laptops or computers. Yeah, and I just find them so they fascinate me so much because of how sometimes how much talent it shows that the people who write the stories have to make them seem believable. Oh, you're right. It was it was sort of as a thread. Yep. Uh, in an image, or it was just an image though. Yeah, and then they made a, a story, and then the video game, and then the movie. Slender Which I heard Man. was bad. But I agree. Yep. I think this is, you know, like pre-history. Um, story, and even that, after that, like folktales. It's just like the modern-day folktales, like creepypastas and like online forums. It's like the modern-day folktales. It's all, the story just yeah. gets, granted, now the story doesn't get changed. You know how like previously with that when it's all just like an oral story. Well, they do. They still do. do. But like when it's an oral story, it's kind of like telephone where like you don't remember it word for word. But for here Mm -hmm. and now, you can literally copy and paste it. And I agree. I think the one thing is though, like there are people who would be like, let me freestyle and say I created this story. So you could have them change because like you'll be like, hey, like we're all sitting, it's for some reason we're all sitting around a campfire. Let's tell some scary stories. And then someone would just tell a creepypasta that they had and say it was theirs, but it really wasn't. But it is the new form of like oral language. I agree with that heavy. Like that's a really good, great comparison. I uh, I like the story because it definitely is not one that like, I almost wish that they hadn't ended it the way that they did though, with like being like, there was a window open. How did he, that's how he got in. I almost wish that you just didn't know how he got in. Like we all... <sighs> It, it it kind of like plays on the it would play more on the unknown, but I still enjoyed a lot the yeah. fact that a lot of the story is like he just slips in and you don't even notice that there's another person in the group because it just all seems normal. It's like such a creepy thought that you could just have somebody that's not supposed to be there and never even know. I also like uh, I like how they weren't so egregious with like hey it's like it's the goat man and he comes in and he fucking stabs like it wasn't like. They kind of sh- sh- showed a little bit, but not a lot. Yeah, well, he didn't actually do you anything know? except walk. That's what I'm saying. And then, like, do that weird thing they said where he, I guess it talked at the door. But, like, yeah, it didn't Whoa. didn't hurt anybody, <laughs> didn't do anything like that, which almost makes it worse. Because then you go, pig. yeah, then you go, what's what's he trying to do? What's, what, why did he come in here if he didn't hurt anybody? And he potentially could have, I guess, in the story because he was there all night a few times. Yeah. Even Slenderman was like that. A lot of things that I I don't know, like I'm not a huge creepypasta guy, but from Slenderman and stuff like that, it's usually like you see them, but you don't like, it doesn't really give you like a, and then they attacked it, like a horror movies usually do. It's almost worse because Mm -hmm. it just, it's uneasy rather than just being like straight up scary, I guess. Like, I guess for the people in the, for the people in the story, it's kind of like a slow thing where you're like what the fuck is happening what does it want any of that stuff like if it was like 
I granted I love slasher films, but if it was just like it's a serial killer, he wants to murder us, it's like, well, there's the mystery. There's or there's no mystery there. You understand what he's coming to kill you. But you're like, what the fuck is this what? goat man doing? Why does it keep changing into people? You know, all that. I feel like because of slasher films of like the seventies and eighties, they them blowing up to where they blew up to kind of paved the way for there to be creepy pastas because I feel like slasher films have become almost cheesy in a way. They definitely have. They probably became cheesy yeah. very quickly, actually. Yes. So now, like, I yeah, probably, like, for me, like, the Friday movies, after, like, the second or the third one, whatever, I don't know, they just become cheesier. And with creepypastas, it's easier because it's, like, usually, like, a one-and-done, or if not a one-and-done, it's, like, they don't do enough where, like, and like the the good thing about the original slasher movies from back in the day, and sorry that this has became a genre study on slasher <laughs> films and their relation to creepypastas. But the good thing about slasher films back then is it wasn't as like like in the original, well, the second Friday movie where Jason shows up, like you don't get to like you see him, but it's not as like he's sporadic in his moments, and it turns that he's more of like a a creature a person of like nature almost like he's like a he's like a, a i'm trying to think of the word well, like the you're term. very right because they there definitely was a shift in that series because well first of all the first eight movies are all like they're all branded as friday the 13th the first eight but they make a shift in there somewhere probably like around i'm not sure which one it is like three i want to say three or four i think it must be three they start the production company. One of the production companies is Jason Inc. So they're like fully leaning into this Jason Voorhees thing. And then after that, after those first eight Friday the 13th movies, it, it, they're all, well, first of all, it's because they lost the rights to calling on Friday the 13th. But then it's just, uh, it's Jason X. It's Jason Goes to Hell. It's, um, and it, it's Jason, Jason. Freddy, Freddy versus, versus Jason. Jason. Uh, which not in that order. It's actually the other way around. It's it goes no, Jason yeah. goes to hell, Jason X, and then Freddy versus Jason. And then they rebooted it and called it Friday the 13th with the reboot. Um, but I agree. I think that slasher films specifically, when you have something that like blows up like that uh, and kind of like this establishes that this is being horror, it kind of forces other horror to have to be more innovative to get people to go back in. Because you go, oh, it's yeah. horror is this. It's slasher films. And you go, no, no, no. It can be something different. Which is, I could talk about horror well, films in general for a long time. Yeah. But I think horror literature, stuff like this, is, whoops, excuse me, I bumped the mic, uh, is really cool because it doesn't play, on, it, uh, separate from movies, it has to do different stuff to lure you in. Well, so yeah. if you were just writing down a description of like the goat man fucking slaughtered my whole friend group, it's like, that's not scary. But if you just like put a nugget in somebody's head about there's this goat man, it disguises itself as someone you know or maybe someone close to you, enough to what you think a human looks like and slips in. It like doesn't do anything. It is just enough to like – it's like the scary stories to tell in the dark where you're like this is just creepy yeah. enough and I'm a little scared. It's not like all out something terrible a lot. Well, I feel like it – I feel like essentially – and I agree with everything you're saying, but I feel like essentially – slasher films which like we could talk about slasher films forever but slasher films forced people or forced people who create horror literature and stuff like this to go back to the like the original like ground floor of like originally what horror was 
and try to find new ways to put spins on it in this new time that we're in and new ways to get around, like, you know, not making it as insane as like it is now. It's, it really interests me because of the way that it, it, to me, almost creepypastas, they haven't been like, they're still underground, but they're not but they really kind of still are like there are no like really any movies outside of like slenderman like like it's so it's still like it's it really feels like it's like a hipster almost like it's like weird ah oh, slasher stuff is too mainstream let's go back to the basics you know like creepy pastas are the greta van fleet no. of horror literature I know you don't even like Greta Van Fleet, so I don't think I like that comparison. You don't like Greta? No, I said I know you don't like Greta. No, I mean by their what I mean is like they Greta Van Fleet took a very old sound and put like their current spin on it. You know? Yeah. And that's that's what I feel like horror creepypastas took the original horror literature and kind of put like a newer spin on it. I mean, a lot of prominent horror authors, like, I guess it's not... Stevie? Um, I think, I want to say, not, no, who was it? Um, Stevie King? Stephen, well, Stephen King, for sure. Um, I want to say it was Chuck Palahniuk, but I'm not positive, so don't quote me on that. They all have had, like, short story anthologies, but, like, that doesn't yeah. work as well now. Like, I feel, almost feels yeah. like this is the perfect place to have creepypasta stuff. It almost feels like it could only work as an online thing. I can see them being sh- like short films. Creepypastas are only, they're good because they're, they're mostly quick. They're easy to digest. And it's, you know, it's a story. It's not like a long drawn up. Do you think that the go man could work as a movie? I don't think it could even a short, a short film because of the fact that they have this go man involved with them for so for like, like mixing with their group so often. I don't know how you could depict having somebody there that's not supposed to be there without just putting another human in the room, which doesn't have the same effect. Having someone be there who isn't supposed to be there. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's weird. You could, you can, I can see them making it. It would take someone really, really good to, well, not good, but like someone who's like really hungry, but I think they could do it, you know? I think it could be creepy posters could be done, but it just is taking someone to find to actually understand how to do them. To me, creepy posters are like video game movies where it's like no one has really cracked the code yet. Oh yeah, like no one I f- has cracked. The code. I feel like I've read a Goatman story where they altered it, and instead of doing nothing, the whole purpose of the Goatman was he would become somebody else and then murder them and just take their spot. Well, that's just a thing. That's what? That's just a thing, right? What do you mean it's just a thing? Isn't that the book, uh, I mean the movie The Thing? Which oh, one of them had... the, the Thing, yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, I get you now. Yeah. Uh, it kind of is, yeah. Um, it pretty much, that's actually accurate. Yeah, it's uh, just a different telling yeah. of it. It's not in, yeah, it's it's... Not in the Arctic or Antarctic, I forget where Yeah, that's what I'm saying, but it's basically the thing. Yeah, I guess so. The Goatman is kind of like the uh, the Midwestern thing yeah so it would be interesting i feel like one day creepypastas will become like the new thing 
but like I said, it's just a code that people can't crack yet. Like, I do feel like yes. they're kind of out of their heyday. Like they're not really blowing up like they used to. Yeah, no, yeah, but I don't know. It's uh, it's a different time. Like w- creepy pastas kind of rained heavy. Like not in the in that like 2011, 2012 peak of the. I wouldn't call it the peak of the internet, but like the peak of the internet where people could just kind of do whatever. Yeah, yeah. We're at a completely different time now. It's also kind of like one of those things where. Once the story's been told, there's only, there's infinite ideas, really. But you take, like, big ideas and you make them into stories, and then it's, like, it's hard to get the ball rolling on something big that many times for something like this. Like, yeah. I guess for horror, if you're creative enough, you can make horror out of anything. But there's probably only, like, so many ideas. It's all about how you use them. Yeah, and they keep fucking putting out new paranormal activities and stinking up the joint, so it's kind of hard. <laughs> All right, so this yeah. this is uh, do we have a do you want to call this something different something here? We can call it Creepy Pasta Corner. <laughs> uh, we don't have to call it anything. We'll just call it the uh, Goat Man or whatever. Creepy, creepy club. Creepy, creepy pasta club. It's a, it's our sub club. Yeah, it's the club within a club. And we make pasta and we tell scary stories. Yep, CPC. <laughs> um okay so next week we will hopefully be back well we definitely will be back but hopefully with something more of what you're used to yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll be in the same room as maybe each other at some point hopefully the stew will be or up maybe and running not. you know how lawsuits work <laughs> um but, but yeah uh, we're gonna we do know how lawsuits work yeah so <laughs> you know i cease and desist that but uh yeah. Do you have any, do you have any final thoughts for uh for this episode? Uh, creepy pastas are very cool. I hope that they don't die and they keep going because they are like our own little oral history that we pass on to our uh new generation. It's of the folk. modern day campfire story. Would you have been scared if we like out in the middle of the woods, campfire going, roasting marshmallows? And I'm like, let me tell you about the goat man. I was never the type of person who would let people say just like You're like, no, like no, 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 get the fire. fuck out of here. Nope. Yeah, we're not doing I don't, that. I want to sleep comfortably tonight. Me. My back exactly, is facing no. the woods. I'm not about that. Exactly. You're not about to have me shit on myself. That's why I don't <laughs> go camping. Like, I, I never go camping, and I don't understand why people love camping. If I camp, I'm going in a fucking RV, and that that's is glamping. It, exactly. And I'm a glamp bitch, dude. You're too afraid of what's out there? Yes, that's fair. Because for me, this is side. This is the last side thing for me. I always had a fear, like, like if I'm like I would be the guy that like a fucking like something that I thought was fake would actually show up. Like I'd fucking be outside and a yeti would pop up and be like, "Yeah, you thought I was fake, bitch. Wrong, dead." And then somebody couldn't they couldn't find the killer because it's a yeti. So then it'd just be like, "Well, you know, we'll never know what happened to you, mirrors, dumbass." <laughs> oh my jeez. So that's why I always was never wanted to go. I've never been a camping guy. No, bad stuff happens in the woods. That's what I'm saying. I'm not that guy, you know. Everyone who's always like, "Let's go camping." I'm, I'm fine, pal. I'll go camping in the RV and I'll send the RV. I'll go camping I'm in the backyard. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a tent guy. I don't want to like. I don't want to make a tent. I don't want to sit in a tent. It's the problem. It's the only thing. Well, other than m- many other things that I won't bring up. 
but it's one of the main reasons I don't want to go to faster horses because I don't feel like I'm making a tent. <laughs> That's the number one reason I heard why you don't want to go to faster horses is all the tents. Uh, yeah, dude. It's just so many tents going around. <laughs> it's pretty intense, you could say. And that is where we're ending this week. Like we always say, folks, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebooks. All at Conspiracy Club or at Tommy Mir on Twitter and Instagram and Conspiracy Club on Facebook. Share, like, subscribe, leave a five star rating or just leave a rating as a whole. If you have any constructive criticisms, we always strive to be better. I hope you have an amazing week and everything good happens to you. Stay out of the woods and you won't get goaded. That means, no food? You know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, creepypastas and Conspiracy Club's little side hustle. Creepypasta Club. And us not doing an episode last week was food. Food.